Hi there, I'm Kathy Valatin, and this is the Good, the God, and the Ugly podcast, where we're talking about the good, the God, and the ugly moments of life. Life is just full of ups and downs, but there's a treasure to be found in every challenge. Join me as I talk with people that have impacted my life, those who have found a treasure in a challenge, or whom simply I just love and want you to meet. So hi, everybody, and thanks once again to my podcast, The Good, The God, and The Ugly. And today I have Salita Everett joining me. And Salita, thank you so much Mm -hmm. for saying yes. I so appreciate Mm -hmm. you and all that you bring to my life and to our environment around Bethel. Mm -hmm. Thanks for having me. Salita's a grandma. She's a mom of four, and she serves in our Bethel admin office. Mm -hmm. So everybody that walks through those doors gets greeted by her (laughs) lovely smile. So... Well, today we're going to talk about the good, the God, and the ugly of motherhood and grandmotherhood. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot of stuff to talk about being a grandma. Yeah. So why don't you tell me just a little bit about yourself, and okay. we'll start there. Um, I think this is something few know. I was born in Cuba. I came, uh, my, my family came in 62 right before Castro closed the door. Wow. And so uh, we came with three changes of clothes and $5 in our pocket. Are you kidding? No. And my dad was a big executive in Esso Standard Oil in Cuba. Wow. Left everything. Um, And we came to Miami. Neither one of my parents knew how to speak English. My mom a little bit. Um, My dad started cleaning pools and going to night school to learn English. We got picked up from a Baptist church in Nashville. They gave him a job. Um, Long story short, um, befriended one of the members of the church and um, he gave my dad a job. Years later, um, Mr. Wright was his name, had a company in Birmingham and told my dad, hey, I'd like you to go to Birmingham. This company is going bankruptcy, and I want you to turn it around. Wow. My dad turned it around and years later bought it from him. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what a story. It's crazy. It's, I mean, it's kind of crazy. So, um, yeah, I got married uh, shortly after high school. Had two boys, Joe and Mike, that were just absolutely, they were the best. They were the best. Um Went through a divorce on that. Um, Gosh. Then I was going to school and working full time. Um, Your life was busy. My life was busy taking care of a home, taking care of two boys, going to school and working. Then several years later, about three years later, I met my second husband. Was married about 20 years. um, And that ended too. By that time I had four kids. Oh my goodness! So wow, you've was, been you've been through a lot. Two divorces with two sets of two sets of kids. young kids, and at forty-two, I found out I was adopted. <laughs> oh my goodness! So my older sister called me, and um, my adopted parents, which I'll call mom and dad, because that's who they are. Uh, my adopted mom is really my aunt. So her brother is my biological father. Wow. 
and they had five kids, and I was the last one, one of a twin. And so my biological mom just gave me to my adopted mom. So she kept one and gave one away? It was very much wow. of the the story of Pharaoh is what the Lord was like. I'm like, oh, this is... And I remember the day I got the phone call. I was getting ready to go to church. And it was kind of crazy. And I was like, what is this? I called my parents to find out what was going on. And they're like, we're going to come and explain everything. I could tell they were like, oh... And you never ran into your no, sister? No, because they lived in Florida. I lived in Chicago at that time. And none of your family members said anything? No. they. My brother, who lived with me, grew up with me, and my grandparents all said, don't tell her, she's fine. There's no need for her to know. So I remember that morning, and after talking to my mom, I was getting ready in the mirror, and I was like, God, this is crazy. What? I don't know if it's kind of like you go, what just happened? I said, who do I even look like? And I heard the Lord say, you look like me. Oh, wow. And I was like, okay. I don't know why you, it was the Lord, how you, how you respond that way. It was kind of like, oh, okay. Wow. So in through that whole process and learning what your parents did, giving you away, like that, how did that affect you raising your own kids? Did that did that change things? Did that shed a different light on things? Were you angry? Were you angry at God? Were you? You know, I wasn't. It was just this thing that I think for me, all my life, there's just something that I've that the Lord placed in me. Like He is sovereign over my life. He's this, there's a sovereignty that I know that, you know, that it's like, he, he just, oh, okay, so this happened. Okay, what are we going to do about this? How am I going to walk this? Lord, how are we going to walk through this? Now, it was kind of like you were going with the flow of things. I was, which I was very surprised. And like, because people were like, well, don't you want to meet your sisters? Don't you want to meet your twin sister? And I'm like, no. And everybody was like, what? It was like I was responding in a wrong way, but it was just this trust that it's like, this is what the Lord's done. And I had a great, I had great parents. You had a great childhood. I had a great childhood. I remember I would say to people, I knew my dad was such an example of the father, which I didn't even realize, but where it was like I knew that if I needed my dad, I could pick up the phone and go, Dad, and he'd go, "I'm, I'm there. I'm coming. That is so amazing. Just that you would have a father or a male figure in your life that would lay his life down for you. Yeah. For another child. That's so important. There's so many, so many kids these days that don't have somebody like that. My kids didn't have it, which was, and my dad stepped in for them, even though he was the grandfather. Because my first husband, 
he just didn't want to have anything. And I'd be like, they need you. No, they don't. They Tell me a dad. little bit more about that. About my dad? Your, no, about the divorce. What that was like raising your children, your two oldest. The two How oldest, you, it was my, my dad was there and my mom was there to support me. Um, there was something in me and I was this, I think it was just this feistiness, this thing in me that was like, I was fighting for my boys. Mm. Um, I was fighting for my boys that they were not going to be brought up in this kind of environment. Mm-hmm. And so that's easy for me <laughs> to fight for my kids, to fight for somebody I care about. It's like, okay, we're just going to let Bruce Willis out, <laughs> you know. And so um, it was it 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 was challenging, but what I think for me, when you're when I'm faced, it's like, okay, what's in front of you? Let's do what you got to do. It's almost like a survival. Um, I, with my second husband, it was much different. There was a lot of um, manipulation in that marriage, which I didn't realize. Um, uh, yeah, just a lot that was going on of, of things that, as I l- left that marriage, I realized it was just, moments of he, he was just chipping away at who I was. And I mm. remember after my divorce I saying, if the Lord had not pulled me out, I probably would have died physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Wow. And um, the Lord was just very present. And I was so hungry for intimacy because mm. that was not a part of our marriage. There was no heart connection when I shared my heart it was moments of like you know if you were a good Christian woman you wouldn't say that Mm -hmm. this person's such a wonderful Christian so I internally not even realizing I began to go I'm a bad person Mm -hmm. I'm the bad one and so a lot of performance kicked in and a lot of striving how did you get through that (laughs) I sat with the Lord and yeah I sat with the Lord a lot I sat with the Lord a lot um, and did you have anybody close to you at that time that mm-hmm. could you could process with or and that was one of the things that I realized and for me now it's like I I want to be that for someone mm-hmm because I, for me, it was like, where's, where's the Christian women in my life? Mm. Because if you, even if I cracked that door open a little bit, it was this thing of like, ooh, we're not going to go there. We can't talk about this. And so I felt very alone. Mm, yeah. I felt like to talk to someone and say, I just found out that my husband's having all these affairs. I couldn't do that because it was like you just didn't talk about it, mm-hmm. you know. And part of it too, for me, I felt like I have to be loyal to him. And so there was a lot of that mixture of where are the women, 
There's mm-hmm. no one I can talk to, and yet I have to be loyal. So I bottled it up a lot. Um, How did that affect your kids? They didn't know. No one knew about it. So you were able to hide it? I journaled a lot, and, and it was just between the Lord and I. Wow. Um, and so I, 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 I began to learn and grow in intimacy with mm-hmm. God, that it was like I could say anything, and I was okay. Mm-hmm. And there was some, and there's always been some great conversations yeah, with I the bet. Lord. You know, and I <laughs> I've had a few of the, I've I had a few of those yeah. myself. Yep. And I've, there's moments I kid around. I go like, I've got Jesus in a headlock right now. Yep. Um, <laughs> but over the years, it's just grown and grown, and I think that's my heart. Whether I speak to a student or whoever, to go like, what What does intimacy look like mm-hmm. with you, with the Lord? Okay, you've been gone to call to this nation. Great. What does your relationship look like with him? Because that's what he created mm-hmm. you for, first and foremost. Yeah. So I think it, for me, that journey with the Lord in my time with the Lord, whether it was through, and and honestly, it didn't really begin to my second marriage. Um. I prob I gave my life over to the Lord at twelve, but I was like, "Okay, this is good. I did it because mm. my parents are doing it, and we're getting baptized." And I'm like, "Uh, I'll just do it. I'll yeah. be an obedient child and just do it." And so it began in my in my second marriage where the Lord just really just pulled me in into His heart and taught me what intimacy looks mm-hmm. like. And it was, it was hard, but it was good. This is really important for young women to hear and young moms. And so many of them that don't reach out for help. And the place that you're in now, you're able to you know, speak from experience, from life experience. And you're able to be that safe place for people to go and just to yeah. process with. I mean, you went through some really hard things that you didn't even share on this podcast. Um, And you pretty much went through it yourself, by yourself. And there's, you know, I think that's one thing that I like about being older Mm -hmm. is I have a little bit more experience underneath my belt than some of the younger moms do. And we can walk beside them and help them along and offer our support and sometimes even when they're not even asking for it you know just being there because they don't even know what to ask for yeah they they just they just don't and being a you know a grandma you've done your kids you've done your grandkids you've walked through life with them and being able just to be there a sounding board to to help process life and feelings and yeah it's so important I think it is important, and for me, my heart is, yeah, I want to listen, but I want to inspire you to go to him mm-hmm. and talk to him about it, because he is the one. I mean, I believe in going to counseling. I've done it, getting sozos, all that, but I would tell you, I would say that probably 90, 95% of my healing has come 
sitting on my bed with mm, the Lord. That's so good. And journaling, doing my, just my time with him, reading scripture, having him talk to me. Um, you know, it's kind of like a couple of years ago, I was talking to a student, um, and I told her, I shared with her, I said, the Lord, I think I was, I can't remember if I was going, if I was going through something, but I remember the Lord saying to me, he said, Salita, if you have a heart issue, you go to the heart doctor mm-hmm. and you tell him what's going on. What, where's the, is there pain? Is what, what are the symptoms? What is this? And you tell him what's going on. Mm-hmm. And the doctor may say, hey, you need heart surgery. I got you. And you go and you have heart surgery. He says, you don't pop up and go, oh, that, that, that thing right here, can you take this out? Oh, can you do this over here? Can you do that? This needs to be taken care of. God says, that's like our relationship. He said, you just tell me what's going on, and I'll do the heart surgery. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. I'll take care of it. Because for me, I feel like at times in the past, I've gone with like, here's what I've gotten. How can we solve it? What can I do to make this pain go away? What can I do to make this better or that better? And it's part of it is like I'm still trying to find the solution for me to do it. Mm -hmm. And I can't. (laughs) Wow. It's him. And it's like the heart surgery. He says, I got this pain right here. Mm -hmm. He goes, okay, let's do open heart surgery. I'll fix it. So how old are your grandkids? I've got a 18-year-old, a 16-year-old, and a 14-year-old. Those are Joe's children. They're three. And then Michael, my second oldest, has a 15-year-old. And then Kristen, my daughter, just had um, a little girl, and she's six months. Oh. Jojo, yeah. So most of your grandkids are teenagers. They are, and I get to see them probably once a year. That's the hard thing. So what does your life look like with your grandkids that are teenagers? I mean, what what are some of your conversations that you have with them? You know, it's hard um, we, because we live so far mm-hmm. away. We don't get to have that conversation. So... Um, so, yeah, a lot of it is just kind of checking in and, hey, how are you doing? How's school going? What do you, oh, I heard this. So, um, there's so many people that have long distance relationships now with their family. Yeah. I know my mom lives a ways away and she's a great great grandmother. Mm-hmm. And she, she doesn't get the opportunity to see her grandkids like she would yeah. love to. Yeah. And she's physically challenged a little mm-hmm. bit as far as getting around and, but keeping that connection even by telephone or Skype now, yeah. you know, they have, or Zoom, right. they have all these FaceTime, FaceTime, yeah. all these ways that you can keep yeah. in touch with your family. And yeah. and even those those small, you know, check-in 
points are yeah. really important. Oh, I'll, I'll text my green and go like, hey, I've been thinking about you. I just want to tell you how amazing I think you are, and I love you so much. One thing that we started doing in our family is having family dinners on Sunday, every mm-hmm. Sunday at 4 o'clock. All, all our kids and grandkids, they'll come over and they'll bring their girlfriends and their boyfriends with them, yeah. whoever they're dating, and... We just do life together, and we have a we have a text, a group text, family text, mm-hmm. and all kinds of things get on put on that text yeah. from <laughs> family dinner to yeah. crazy things. Elijah was running around chasing a bunny the other day, <laughs> <laughs> and all the comments that were coming from getting capturing this bunny, and oh, how fun. but it's yeah. just it's just doing family and these touch points, and and there's something about being together and some of our kids are on the coast and so they don't have the opportunity to you know join us every sunday not in person yeah but through the chat and just trying to intentionally be you know connecting yeah is really important and it is important yeah and i really believe the lord has given me such peace especially with joe's kids that it's like there's there's redemption that's coming there as they get older. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in closing, do you have any questions for me? <laughs> <laughs> I've been asking you a lot of questions. Yeah. How, how do you how do you how do you do everything you do? Oh with goodness! Challenges of life too. I've always been one that has had probably more going on in my life than I should have. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just kind of wired that way, and I can multitask pretty well, and I just love to be busy. I mean, I you know, hospitality is my thing, yeah, and taking care of people and loving people, and yeah. so that's that kind of gives me life. You know, kind of fuels my my inside. Yeah. Um, and just being able to make our home a fun place for people and yeah. look after my family and my family at work, you know, here. Yeah. It's really important too. Yeah. But yeah, I just been always been kinda of like the energizer bunny. That's awesome. Yeah. Sometimes you know, having this going through this situation that I'm facing now with Parkinson's at you know, it kind of throws a stumbling block in there every so often. But, you know, I, you just manage, and it's just like, well, it's happening right now, and I pray that it gets, yeah. I get completely healed from it. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to let it stop my life. I'm not going to let it stop me from doing the things that I love doing. Yeah. So I just find a different way to do something or plow through it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes we, it for me, I get in that place of, like, I'm just going to, whatever has hit me in life and I think with my oldest son when he passed away mm-hmm. you go in that place of like oh you're just in sh- I think you're in survival mode for a while and then you have that journey with the Lord of crying out and mm-hmm. going like I remember crying out and going like there's no way you can convince me Lord that a mom can be prepared for a moment like this Mm-mm. you can't and in that moment, the Lord said, oh, Salita, I've been preparing you, which felt very cruel. Mm-hmm. It just felt cruel. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, every day you've sat with me, I've been preparing you. Wow. And what I realized was that I had those moments 
like I said, where I had those throw-up sessions, like, I hate this, this hurts. I can't do this. You could have stepped in. Mm -hmm. But then there was something in me, my spirit would just shift and go, but I know you're good. Mm -hmm. Which doesn't make sense. And I remember thinking, I shouldn't be... I should be under my bed, not being able to breathe, and yet I'm not. But God. Mm-hmm. So it's those moments you just go, oh, I've got this in front of me. I'm going to plow through it. Yeah, yeah, and we do. And we do. We do, by God's grace. By God's grace. <laughs> the fact that he said he would never leave us or forsake us. Yeah. I tell him that all the time. And even when he, moments of like, I, 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 know you, I, I know you're here, but I don't, what are you doing? I don't feel like you're doing anything. Mm-hmm. And he'll remind me, what's the truth? It's like, okay. We have a friend that sent us a plant. And it was really awesome. It was, a, it was actually an orchid. And on the orchid, there was a cocoon that mm. was tied on to the orchid and it's called metamorph the it was called metamorphosis and mm. since Chris has been speaking a lot on metamorphosis oh, yeah. they sent it and within five to ten days the caterpillar actually turns into a butterfly and you can watch the whole thing happen right before your eyes because it's on your orchid plant that's wild and it was really awesome because probably five days ago there was a butterfly flying around my house and I was so taken back by that, just thinking, God, I didn't actually see the metamorphosis happening because it was all cocooned. Right. But there definitely was a, a change. There was definitely something happening, even though I couldn't see it. Yeah. And the evidence of it was this beautiful monarch butterfly that right. was flying around in my house. Yeah. And I took it and put it on my finger and just watched it for a while, and then I took it outside and let it go. Wow. But I thought... He's, he's, even in the times that we think he's nowhere near, he's right there. Yeah. Even though we can't see it, he's right there. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I've, I've, I've said to so many people, it's like, you know, as you just sit with him, yeah, you may not feel a change. You may not know what he's doing. You may not understand. But I so believe in the presence yeah. of God, things change. And you get up, and you may not, you may go, oh, nothing changed. Oh, but it did. It did. (laughs) (laughs) You have a beautiful monarch butterfly flying all around you now. Well, thank you, Salida, once again for joining me. I really appreciate it. And for more free resources, you can visit my website at Mm kathyvallotton.com. Thanks Mm -hmm. again, and have a great day.